This is Wealth Curve Talk with John L. Smallwood, certified financial planner and president of Smallwood Wealth Management. With more than 30 years of experience in helping people with wealth management, financial planning, business ownership, estate planning, insurance, and more, John's here to share the news you can use to improve your financial confidence. Now, best-selling author and six-time five-star wealth manager award winner, John L. Smallwood. Why delaying Social Security to 70 might be the worst thing for you possible, period, end of story. Okay, this is something that there's so much misinformation. There's so much narrow thinking. Years ago, I coined a concept called the narrow focus planning trap is we focus on one thing. Meanwhile, somewhere else, everything's getting destructed and destroyed. It's John Smallwood. And today we are going to talk about why this could be the worst thing for you and your family. More importantly, for you. So we are taught that deferring Social Security to 70 is the best things for us, right? By who? That's the first question you have to ask. So when we set things up in the wealth management business, the focus, the attention of what we're trying to accomplish is we want to accomplish six to seven fundamental things in our strategy, components, items of success. So when we implement a strategy, we want it to reduce taxation. We want it to reduce fees and costs. We want it to reduce risk. We want it to increase the savings rate. We want it to increase retirement income. We want to increase the protection and the benefits around the wealth. And we want to pass more to our family. And I'm going to tell you, most financial strategies are doing the exact opposite. And in delaying Social Security to 70, you're passing less wealth, you have more risk, you have increased fees and costs, you have increased taxes, you have a whole series of things that are going on and you're depleting your savings. So you have less income in the future. Now, all I want you to do today is I want you to think with me. Okay, I want you to think through the process. I want you to think through your thinking and I want you to understand why this may apply to you as an individual. It may apply to your family members. It may apply to your parents. It may apply to your sister or brother, uncle. The thing that we always want to make sure is there's never 100% one way to get something done. You have to understand the circumstances that you have. You have to understand what you're in, who you're doing it with, what part of life that you're in, and what's right for 90% of the people may not be right for you. So just beware of those things, okay? So I was working with a couple recently, a married couple, 53, 58, getting ready to retire at the youngest 55 or 56, which is fantastic, right? It's kind of like the American dream. We were talking about the plans for the early retirement. And most people that I discuss or talk to them, there's this mindset that they're going to spend down some of their other assets and defer the Social Security because when they're older, it's going to be so much better. If we think through this for a second, all right, even the probability, the Monte Carlo simulation things that go on in retirement plans is if you defer the Social Security, the probability of success usually increases by a few percentage points. That's not the full story, which is very bizarre to me, okay? So in this particular case, this setup is 53 and 58. They have decent assets today. And 
if they defer their social security to 70 as opposed to taking it at 62 we know they're going to be 100 percent not working at 62 so you don't have the earned income offsets you don't have any of those things so the question is the system says if they defer to 70 at 77 they hit a point of equilibrium. So if they start collecting benefits at 62 versus 70, by the time the 58-year-old is 77, they've broken even on the amount of payments. If that 58-year-old lives to 90, they receive a million dollars more. And that's what everybody's looking. Oh my God, by 90, I will have a million dollars more of assets. But what happens elsewhere in the plan? So the setup is this. I looked at the numbers, and if the 58-year-old who was the lesser earner in the picture collects Social Security at 62, it'll be 18360 a year versus deferring to age 70 to get 29000 which is a substantial increase. That's what we're focused on. The heavier breadwinner who is the younger person, if that person collected it 62 would be 36,000 versus if they defer it's 55,000. So it's a substantial amount of money more over that time frame. So I said let's just look at the big picture and let's, so I have to pick up income from another source. If I'm retired and I don't have any earned income, I now have to take money from my bucket, my money, right? And I wrote a book called It's Your Wealth Keep It and I want you to keep your money and use other people's money, right? I want you to use the government's money because there's time value of money. There's things that are going on here. So in this particular strategy is if the client took Social Security, each of them, when they hit 62, their net worth at 5560 when he retires is a million eight eighty six, And that includes the house. That includes everything. So the starting point is the same thing. We have assumptions in here on markets, the way their money's invested. I'm not going to get into the detail of it, but the assumptions are the same assumptions. If they take the Social Security at 62 both, by the time they're 70, 75, their net wealth potential is 3729000 Then I said, let's flick the switch and let's just defer it to 70. All that income, 18000 and then 36000 from 55 to 70, 15 years, has to come from their assets. So what happens is when they're 70, 75, the asset base, the net wealth, is down to 3076000 So $653,000 got consumed, got eaten up, was taken from them. By who? By poor thinking. So... If I have an extra $653,000, can I generate that increased income? So if you think about it, the Social Security without, inf well, there's inflation, so you really can't get this from this particular standpoint, the way I'm going through it, but I have $653,000 more of my money. So if I was going to go into a nursing home tomorrow, I got $653,000 more. If I want to generate income at 454 4%, I got an extra $24,000 a year that I can generate from that portfolio. If I wanted to have a better lifestyle and buy a nice place somewhere warm so I could get out of the Northeast in the winter, I got $653,000 more to do that with. I got $653,000 to pass to my family. So think about that for a second. And then I said, okay, let's continue the conversation. Let's fast forward and move through this. So at a combined age of 85 and 90, you know, at that time, by 90, Social Security calculators say you've collected $1 million more 
of government money. You should be maximizing that. Get that extra million dollars. When you take it to 8590, if I got a million dollars more money from something, shouldn't my net worth be higher in the future? Logic would say I should have more money. But at 8590, this couple would have 7,228,000 if they collected the benefit at 62, both of them. And if they collected at 70, both of them, they have 6,662,000. It's still $566,000 more wealth. More money for nursing home, more money for increased enjoyment, more money to pass to their family. And I've done this numerous times over and over and over again. And I'm seeing all the ads. I'm seeing everything that's on TV. Defer, defer, defer. Maximize your social security benefit. And I'm thinking to myself, this can't be right. If everybody's telling me to do it, it just can't be right. And I keep coming back to the same conversation is that if I do that, I have less money. Even if I'm working, I can start collecting my benefit at 67 and based on my age bracket, 66 and two thirds or 67. Let's just round it up to 67, okay? That extra three years. If I took that three-year money, your break-even's probably age 80 at that point in time. And most people are saying to me, John, if I'm like my family, I'm like my parents, at age 80, it doesn't really matter because the enjoyment is in that first 15 years of retirement. The next 15 years for everybody listening to this podcast right now, is the most important 15 years that you potentially have. You're gonna set up your retirement plan, you're gonna be in the first phases of your retirement plan, you're in the last phases of your retirement plan, but it's the most important 15 years that we have. This is where the enjoyment comes from right now, not 25 or 30 years from now. We don't even know what the world looks like 25 or 30 years from now. But I do know this, when you start factoring in death and you start factoring in different things and the survivor benefits, right? That's what everybody's focused on. Well, if I defer my social security, the survivor benefits going to be higher because what happens when you die? I'm married. I'm married 27 years last week. My wife is a couple years older than me. So actuarially we're the same age. I joke about it. That's, you know, like a life insurance kind of joke, you know, oh, that's funny. Not, but the reality is I've made more money than my wife. So if I defer my social security, to 70, she'll get a higher benefit assuming I die before her. If I took the benefit at 67 and started banking the money till 70, let's just say I'm at the 36,000 a year. I'm at the top bracket. I'm at the top benefit. It's $180,000, yeah, $121,30 more capital over that three-year period. If I kept that 130 sitting somewhere and I died, my wife could use the 130 to increase her income. Probably the same amount of the survivor benefit because it'd only be a few dollars more over that three-year period. When you start to think about the survivor benefit, let's say we defer to 70 and we didn't take it at 62. Spouse A passes away. Spouse B is taking the bigger benefit. So there was no money during that time frame. So now I got to 70 and I have less money. Now I have more pressure to generate more income. I have $653,000 less money and I still have to live generally the same lifestyle. That's my goal. My goal is if I'm not here tomorrow, I want my family, my wife, everybody to live exactly the way they live today as if I'm here. I want to give the gift that keeps on giving all the way through. But I know this. In that scenario, somebody got less. If we defer to 67 or 70 and we both die at 72, you know, in the same year, there's no survivor benefits. So now the family would get 653,000 less. If I ended up in a nursing home, I got an extra 653000 to take care of me. 
And this is going to spill into your plan in numerous ways because the dynamics of your plan are different than this client's dynamics, right? Are you working? Did you pay in at the top benefit? Are you collecting the top benefit? I see so many people that never really paid into the right area or they're not maximizing the amount of Social Security that they're going to receive, which is a good idea, but not necessarily saving it in other places either. So the idea is you have to look at how are we doing it today? Am I set up to get the maximum benefits that I can get? When I get there, how should I take them? You also have to think about it from a standpoint of where's the money that I have? Is all my money in qualified plans? Is my money in non-qualified plans? Do I want to spend down my non-qualified money, which so many people do? They have cash sitting in the bank. They're like, oh, I'm not going to take any money during the first five years of retirement from my retirement plan or Social Security. And I got this million dollars of cash. I'm going to consume the million dollars of cash. Now I eat up my liquidity. So if I have two million in qualified plans and a million sitting in non-qualified plans, and I don't take my Social Security, and I just consume up that non-qualified money, and the tax rates go up, the money sitting in the qualified plans is now at a higher tax. I'm now paying a higher tax again. I don't have any liquidity. Liquidity is one of the most important parts of a retirement plan. Having access to capital for care, for funerals, for all the wonderful stuff for vacations. Like, hey, I want to spend uh, $80,000 on a whatever, a vacation for the family. You got to take out $120,000 from the qualified plan to do that. You have to think through where the tax is going to be. We know the Social Security system has issues. We know they want us to defer because the Social Security system has issues. We know that this year has got the greatest increase in history for a very long time, that the cost of living adjustment on Social Security is one of the largest in a long, maybe 30 years or something to that nature. I read the article the other day. That's going to put pressure on that system. So if I'm deferring and I defer successfully and I have accumulated wealth and I get out to a certain point, maybe in the future there's means testing. Hey, you've got a lot of money. You don't need this. Dollar in hand is worth more than a dollar tomorrow. And as I take that money, even if I spend it all, it's that enjoyment of that first 15 years that is so much better. Meaning I had more money from multiple sources and I did more things during the first 15 years because I'll probably, if I'm 80 years old, I might do less than I do when I'm 70. I might do less when I'm 60. Now, there's a major medical advancements coming, right? So if I have an extra 653,000, can I benefit from getting some of those major medical advancements that will come? This is about you and your money, keeping your money, utilizing your money to the fullest and maximizing your wealth, not the government's wealth. Maximizing your capital, not somebody else's capital. The social security benefit is yours. You paid into it. If you look at the return that you received on that capital, it is quite low compared to what you paid in, okay? For your entire lifetime, 7.65% of your up to 140 something thousand for this calendar year. The number's not really that important, but if you're self-employed, you're paying twice that. It's a significant amount of money that you paid into something that you're not necessarily getting the same benefit. But for a lot of people today, that combined husband and wife, social security is a lot of money. So it's a nice little windfall. But don't get trapped into the thinking of using your money and not using the government money. I want you to use your government money because it's yours. Keep your money. Now, every time we do one of these, we always offer, we have what we call the wealth curve pressure identifier conversation, a wealth curve conversation. That's about you. 
that's available. You go on the website, you sign up for a meeting, you get to meet with one of our advisors. We go through a nice 30, 40 minute conversation all about you. Tell us about your income, tell us about your family, your taxes, your savings, your debt structure, your lifestyle, where your assets are, what your future liabilities or obligations or inheritances might be. How are you protected, has that defense, wills, trusts, life insurance, long-term care. And then we find out, what do you love about your plan? What keeps you up at night? What do you really want to get done? That's a way for us to really get a good understanding is, are we a good fit? And then from there, you can really get a good understanding of, hey, how does it work for me and my spouse or me by myself if I take Social Security versus deferring it? And that conversation is free. There's no obligation. We've got many tools on the website. You're listening to this. If you're subscribing to this, please subscribe to it. But more importantly, share this conversation. Make comments. Call us. We want to hear from you. We want to get feedback from you. It's Christmas time. You can buy a copy of the book and send it to your family members. Wonderful things. I truly appreciate the time today, and I truly appreciate the constant favorable remarks and the glowing reviews that we're receiving. And I appreciate everybody. Have a wonderful day. Thank you. It's your wealth. Keep it. The best-selling book by John L. Smallwood, the definitive guide to growing, protecting, enjoying, and passing on your wealth. Find it on Amazon now or go to smallwoodwealth.com for more retirement resources. Wealth Curve Talk with John L. Smallwood is brought to you by Smallwood Wealth Management, an investment advisor representative. Strategies mentioned may not be suitable for everyone, and the information expressed does not take into account your specific situation or objectives and is not intended as recommendations appropriate for you. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action as information and or opinions are subject to change without notice. Investments involve risk and unless otherwise stated are not guaranteed. Past performance cannot be used as an indicator to determine future results. Smallwood Wealth Management provides content that is true and accurate as of the date of publishing. However, we give no assurance or warranty regarding the accuracy, timeliness, or applicability of any of the contents. We assume no responsibility for information contained on this website or podcast and disclaim all liability in respect of such information, including but not limited to any liability for errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements.